This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. Teach me how to pronounce your names properly. My name is Sadvi Sidali Shri, and I'm Sadvi Anubuti. Ladies, it is a pleasure to chat with you today. Uh, I wish it was for a more relaxed subject, but the important thing is, is that we're discussing surviving sex trafficking in a world that this has been going on for so long. And thank God the light is finally being shined uh, or shown on this. But why did it take so long to finally reveal this to the world when we've known? I mean, Recently, just in Florida, there was 108 people that were arrested. In in England last year, there was over 980 people that were arrested with sex trafficking. You know, this is an international crisis, and only now are we shining a light on it. I think part of it is the fact that we don't fully understand what sex trafficking is. And because we don't understand it, we don't identify it. But I think um, as more people have come together to raise awareness and to really explain what it is, uh, we're starting to pick it up and, and we're starting to see it everywhere. And it is, it is an, it's an epidemic. It is happening in every country, in every city, pretty much everywhere. So yes, absolutely. And out of 45 million people that suffer through this 1% is able to escape? It's a it's a dark world, um, you know, it, and it's a sad world because the the boys, the girls, the children, women, men, of course, they want to get out of the life, but you can't just get out of the life. It is so hard. They they threaten you. Um, you know, I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to take your kids away. They will beat you. They will assault you. They will gang rape you. So through this, that psychology, um, they create and instill so much fear in a person. So it's like, even when you want to escape, you can't because you're, you're locked in their grip. So that's why raising awareness is so important because perhaps we can prevent this. Maybe we can uh, prevent the, what creates the vulnerabilities for, you know, people to get trafficked. Um, you know, a lot of the times, um, people are groomed. So they're romantically, you know, the pimp trafficker, they approach the girl like, Hey, I'm going to love you. I'm going to take care of you. So if a girl is in a vulnerable place and she's missing that love from parents or her family or from within herself, so she might fall into that trap. And then through that, that grooming process, that's where the pimp and the trafficker take over because they're like, Nope, you know, if you love me, you're going to do this for me, for our family, for our future, and so forth. So there, there's so many dimensions to trafficking. It's not just, you know, a girl gets kidnapped. There's there's a grooming process. And really, we have to focus on the vulnerabilities. And the vulnerabilities are everywhere in each country. And let's let's take a look at the United States for, for a moment. And I don't want to give too much of the documentary away because I want people to watch it. And there's going to be a list that I'll include, Santa Monica, uh, Milford, Michigan, Sacramento, New Orleans, et cetera, that people are going to be able to see the documentary, uh, you know, towards the end of this month and into next. But someone, let's say Native American women, there's a huge situation with Native American women that it's virtually unreported to the point that people, uh, you know, not only forget that they exist in this regard, but like nobody's paying attention to their situation. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even realize how many indigenous communities we actually have still today. And um, and it is a big topic. Um, it is experienced here in the States as well as Canada, where a lot of uh, indigenous women are going missing. They're being murdered and nobody is paying attention to them. So it is part of the effort to continue to raise awareness about not only what's happening around the world, but even within the smaller communities, um, you know, to to create this awareness awareness because it is it is happening and it's really affecting these uh, communities and these beautiful women you know we do get excited about the people that are survivors and the ones that get to escape uh when they do leave and they finally can you know whether it's escape or you know something happens to the pimp or the groomer the that they pass when they're able to escape uh how do we reach out to them and get them psychological help and help them with the aftermath of survival. We focus so much on them surviving. Now, what is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Please forgive me. It's slipping my mind. I was stuck in traffic for so long that I was, um, you know, the recovery Mm -hmm. and, and being able to stabilize themselves afterwards. Well, many times they don't even realize they are a trafficking victim. They don't know what human trafficking is. They don't know what sex trafficking is. Maybe the terminology terminology is I'm in the life. And so when we're talking about human trafficking, there's no correlation in their mind that, oh, I'm a human trafficking victim or I'm a survivor of human trafficking. And sometimes it takes films like ours to help them identify because that's the first step. One, you have to identify what they've experienced. Maybe in their experience, they're thinking, well, I was kidnapped, I was raped, I was sold and, and these things, but they don't have that idea of like, okay, well, there there's maybe resources out there for me, but I have to first identify as a human trafficking victim. So that's why we have to be really careful um, and watch our language and increase our language. So this way they begin to pick up like, oh, that's me. I need help. And now I know which organization to turn to. A lot of the times organizations say that they have to approach women that are in the life at least seven times for them to acknowledge that they need help because they don't trust, you know, the people that are wanting to help. Oh, that's so disheartening. Uh, And is there a distinction between being human trafficked and sex trafficked or are the terms interchangeable? Human trafficking actually involves um, different aspects of trafficking in general. So it is the uh, transportation, the selling and the buying of human beings for the purpose of either sexual exploitation or uh, labor trafficking. So there is a few other ones like uh, organ trafficking uh, and a few other. But human trafficking is kind of like the, the main and then it falls into different branches and sex trafficking is one of the branches of human trafficking. Okay. So human trafficking is, is at the top of the pyramid and, and then everything splinters off from there. Correct. Wow. Um, one, uh, one of person in the sub, one of the people that you've interviewed, uh, Kendra Geronimo, you know, she, she survived this. She's become an MMA fighter. She's raised children. You know, what, what is the aftermath for somebody like her to, you know, escape all of this and survive this and then become a professional athlete on top of it. How does something like this affect her personally? Like, you know, you've been, let's say you've been out of this life, uh, you know, 10 years, 15 years, you know, and you were able to manage and survive and, and have a life like this. 
are there still nightmares? Are there still people that, you know, suspicion? How do you begin to trust anyone ever again? Kendra went through a lot and, you know, it took her 10 years to start to share her story and it, and she says that the Me Too movement helped her to realize like, this is, hey, like, this is what happened to me. She didn't realize that she was a sex trafficking victim. And, you know, like 10 years ago, the, the, the movement was very, very, very small. So, um, with Kendra, you know, she, she watched a documentary and she actually heard her ex traffickers voice in the documentary and she screamed. Um, this is not part of the film, but this is how she got triggered. And around that time, that's when she started to look more into sex trafficking. She wanted to be more involved because she was doing MMA, you know, self-defense, um, personal training and, and doing so many things because she wanted to get stronger. She wanted to, um, you know, get physically, mentally strong, but you can't fully heal unless you really address the root of what's going on. So in that sense, that documentary triggered her and then she went on the search and then that's how she found us. And she saw, um, you know, that we were monks and that she, she could trust us. And she saw that how we shared other survivors stories and that we were very, very respectful and we honored them. So that's when, you know, she reached out and, you know, expressed like, I want to help. I want to be a part of my project. I've never publicly shared it, but I'm ready. And now the two of you being monastics, how did you get involved in all of this? You know, what was the catalyst to sit there and, you know, want to make a documentary out of it instead of just being in the monastery or the convent and helping women that just came to you in that regard? So we are very proactive and we are progressive uh, Jain monks. And um, Savi Sidalishri watched a film back in 2011 mm -hmm. uh, called The Whistleblower. And it had to do with the topic of human trafficking. So after us learning through her about this topic, we, we knew we had to do something. We had to raise awareness. We had to be active about it. And um, as, I guess, cre creative people, um, our medium to to do this was through filmmaking and we understood and realized that films have the power to really impact people to educate people but also to uh, inspire change and so we decided even though we didn't have experience in filmmaking that we would take that risk and um and we googled and we youtubed how to make a documentary and we did it we we came out with surprisingly a very successful first film and through the success of the first one, uh, we, we gain more courage, more confidence, more experience to, to go fully uh, for the next one. Well, congratulations on everything that you do for these women and these people uh, in general that are going through this. Um, you know, we primarily focus on women and sex trafficking and then the youth as well. But this does happen to adult men, correct? Absolutely. Um, with our first film, Stopping Traffic, uh, the main survivor of the film is Dr. John King. And after he, when he was 40, that's when he remembered everything that happened to him as a child. And he was trafficked by his own parents. And I mean, with the first film, it was definitely a shock and awe. The first 30 seconds are really hard for people to digest, but we have to shock people sometimes so that it hits them so that it, so that, you know, they pay attention and sometimes it's too hard, but 
I mean, it's very, very hard for them. So we have to kind of push the boundaries. Um, and I'd say with, um, you know, John, he was very passionate about raising awareness that this happens to boys, this happens to men. And we wanted to, you know, make that a part of the conversation because it really is missing um, in the sex trafficking, you know, side. I could never fathom the fact that a parent would traffic their own child. I mean, the people that are supposed to protect and nurture and raise you doing this to you. I mean, as a monastic yourself, how disheartening is that? And then just as a person hearing these stories, what does that do to you as a person? You know, besides obviously wanting to reach out and at the very least give somebody a hug. You know, it is heartbreaking. It, uh, when we were doing the investigations, the research and the interviews, there were times where we would just collapse and we couldn't tolerate the pain. We would cry at night. We couldn't sleep. We, it, it, it would be so, so much pain that we would feel through the, their stories. And, and that's what really has inspired us to be here, to, to be where we, we're at, to make the second film. Uh, we established our, our nonprofit called Stopping Traffic after the first film because we wanted to help even more. So we created Stopping Traffic to to help survivors with scholarships to get an education, uh, to provide help for dental treatment, for medical treatment, to help them with some healing workshops and to support the and fund the shelters directly. So it's absolutely heartbreaking when you hear the stories. And many times we don't we cannot share the things that we've heard because it would be too much for the public to hear and I don't think that you know everybody can take everything that we hear and we we have seen and witnessed Uh, but it is it is a lot of pain and we just want to help um, any living being who is experiencing experiencing this level of cruelty this level of pain and and everything that they go through I like to share that, you know, because of our spirituality, it helps us to find balance in all of this, because through spirituality, um, you know, we we find that light, you know, we find the goodness in people, we find, you know, we were, we were challenged, we have to practice compassion, we have to understand that, you know, there are, you know, suffering souls out here, even an ex trafficker, like when we met an ex trafficker for our first film, Stopping Traffic, you know, that was a really challenging moment because here is a a human being, here is a soul who has hurt many souls that were actually documenting, but he changed. And, you know, he shared with us, you know, why he did it. And he shared his personal story of abuse. And he even says like, I'm not trying to justify anything. I was trying to make money for myself and my family. It's a business but the, then you see this reformed person, right? So as a monk, as monks, we have to understand, we have to respect, we have to encourage and, you know, communicate. And now he's using his voice to raise awareness about human trafficking, saying that it's real and so forth. So, um, you know, for us, it's it challenges us. So this way we rise and grow spiritually because that's what it's about. We want to love others unconditionally not just by an idea but by living it and feeling it so in that sense the film is challenging us in in spiritual ways okay so how do you tell a lay person uh, agnostic person an atheist person to accept 
this uh, these type of people's um, you know redemption story? I mean, I don't think that you know you can tell anybody to to forgive or anybody to understand. It has to come from the person themselves wanting to expand their own compassion, their own love, and understanding of why these things happen. I think uh, the perfect example, you know, is Mario, that ex trafficker, who, you know, through him, I think we really understood the problem why people are doing it in some cases. Um, and in his case, you know, he grew up in in poverty. He grew up in a very terrible and environment where he was physically physically abused by his own mother and the abuse took him to the streets at age eight at age eight he he was picked up by a man who was nice enough and kind enough to take him to his house and give him shelter and food unfortunately the circumstances put him in a very bad position where the mechanic um the employees of the guy that picked him up were uh, mechanics and every day they tried to abuse him sexually. So you have to go back to that eight-year-old who has experienced all this suffering and and through that, you know, try to understand it. Again, we're not here to to say what you did is it's, it's okay, um, but it just gives you a deeper understanding of why some people do the things they do. And through that, we're able to to spread or expand our own compassion to, for these people. And, you know, if if they have been given a second chance to redeem themselves, um, you know, who are we to say you can't? And who are we to say that, you know, you're still the person that you were 10 years ago? Okay. I, I like that because, you know, people always are seeking redemption or spirituality uh, whether it's one religion or another, and I will never tell anybody which way to go in that regard. It's just that I know people that don't have a spiritual background that have trouble trying to forgive anyone for anything. Yeah, I mean, even the survivors, you know, they're they're working through that. They're trying to see, should I forgive my trafficker? You know, do I hate them all? Do I, you know, should I forgive them at some point in my life? And and again, we're not here to tell people that they should, you know, it's part of their own journey. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, what is it that you want to still hold on to and carry with you? And, you know, it's up to them. Uh the takeaway from the documentary is, you know, we, we should help the victims as much as possible. Where can we reach out, whether it's through your organization or another one that will allow us to help as much as we can, even if we don't know where to begin in helping these people? Like Sadi Anabuti mentioned, uh, we have our nonprofit, Stopping Traffic. So, um, you know, pe- if people want to donate, they can go through our website, stoppingtraffic.org to one, learn about, you know, what sex trafficking is and any donations received will go directly to survivors and shelters that we have worked with. So they're super vetted, you know, whether it's from our international travels, we've been there, we've met them, we know that they're doing great work. Mm-hmm. So their support will directly help them. And then if people want to learn more about the film, you know, they can visit survivingsextraffickingfilm.com. And what's great is 100% of the proceeds from this film is going to help survivors and shelters. So by watching the film, they're already making a difference. Ladies, I want to thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for shining a light on this and helping people the way you have. Uh, even through uh, as minimal as documentary and then as expansive as emotional support, financial support, and whatever else, you know, we can get to them. Um, remind us some of the release dates. I know there's going to be a screening in Santa Monica. 
the 31st of, of this month at the Lemley uh, Santa Monica. There's one in Sacramento. Uh, there's going to be another one in Florida. Is this going to be a limited release or is this going to be a nationwide wide release as well? It's going to be released in select cities for, for two weeks. So we've, um, we're so grateful to find amazing nonprofit, uh, organizations in each of these cities that are directly helping survivors or raising awareness in their cities. And so, uh, they're hosting the screening. They're leading a Q and A. So, um, the theaters and the organizations are listed on our website. Again, thank you so much for your time today. I, I am thrilled that I have gotten to sp- speak with you. Uh, sextraffickingfilm.com is the website. Surviving sex, I'm sorry, survivingsextraffickingfilm.com is the website. Surviving sex trafficking is the documentary. Please look for it in, in your local listings and areas. We will link you to, uh, you know, screenings in your area. I, I really appreciate your time for this and thank you for shining a light on this and hopefully God willing, next time we talk, uh, it'll be a happier subject. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for your questions. Thank you. And congratulations again on making Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.